The Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB. When you hear about attacks like the one on London Bridge over the weekend or in Manchester a couple of weeks ago, we often ask, what can we do to stop this from happening again? Uh, Britain's Prime Minister says Internet companies are giving extremism a safe place for terrorists to breed. But as Global's Mike Lecatour reports, stamping out that threat is not so easy. As forensic investigators pour over the crime scene, governments are looking beyond the physical layers of security to the cyber frontier in this fight against extremism. Terrorists no longer have to leave the country or even their homes to become radicalized. Among world leaders, there's a growing awareness that is where the next war must be waged. We need to work with allied democratic governments to reach international agreements that regulate cyberspace to prevent the spread of extremist and terrorism planning. A point underscored at last week's G7 meeting where all leaders agreed internet companies must help in the fight to identify and remove messages that incite violence. Today in Singapore, New Zealand's defence minister echoed those calls. We know that terror organisations look to galvanise support and exploit porous borders, disenfranchised individuals and the access provided by the internet and social media. Sunday, Facebook's director of policy clearly signaled his company is on board. Simon Milner said in a statement, Using a combination of technology and human review, we will work aggressively to remove terrorist content from our platform as soon as we become aware of it. Still, disrupting those digital safe havens isn't so simple. Often, terrorists will use encrypted communication to evade detection. And then there's the problem of the different privacy laws in different countries. We have some legal constitutional limitations that other nations don't have, and that may make it much harder for the U.S. administration to get perfectly in line with what Theresa May wants. That is why many feel the best way to root out extremist behavior is from within the community. We teach very, from a very young age that the true message of Islam is of peace. We constantly teach that, and that has a huge impact on, on children. And then when they grow up, they become peaceful uh, and peace-loving citizens of the country. But clearly more needs to be done on both fronts, fighting radicalization online and in each community. Mike LeCouture, Global News. Yeah, so clearly this is more than a one-pronged fight. There are many different levels to, uh, to radicalization. Uh, Kelly, Jeff, Jerry, Kim, I want your social media passwords right now. I'm going to put them in my phone, and I'm going to monitor your accounts at random times in the next week. And if I see any kind of uh, subversive activity, I will be knocking on your door with a squad of goons to drag you out of your bed <laughs> at 3 a.m. Well, who are you, though? I'm you, you the shadow? man. I'm the man. Uh, I am the man. Do I'm you the not wa- presume the man is already doing those sort of things? I would uh, imagine the CIA sticks its nose wherever it damn well pleases, whether we know about it or not. I don't know if they can. I... I, I I, if that ever was uncovered, uh, and they would be terrible spies if they let it be uncovered. But <laughs> if it ever that's came their out, job. like look what happened to Trump and and his people who may or may not be aligned with Russians uh, during the election campaign. All that's coming out. It's not good. People, especially in the United States, do not like their civil rights trampled on. It seems like uh, we in Canada here are a little more. Uh, well, we would let that go a bit more. I think. But what do you think about this, Kim? 
I feel like when you it comes down to balancing safety with privacy, you really do need to walk a fine line and not react emotionally. It's really when you hear something like this, obviously you you go we need to do anything we can to prevent this. But I think that's when you can kind of get the fear mongering on the side of some politicians, on the side of governments, and you can maybe create some policies that have some bigger ramifications in the future. I don't want to see, you know, Canada or other countries becoming kind of states where governments and their agencies can just spy on anybody's conversations whenever they want to. I think that creates a slippery slope. And um, 1984 always sticks out in my head when you think about that, where everybody is spying on everybody all the time. And I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's any kind of society to have either. So while, yeah, you want to do everything you can stop things like London Bridge and things that happen in Manchester, I also think you have to look at this very carefully and what it means on a larger scale for the kind of country that we want to live in. Yeah, and that's why we live in Canada, because we enjoy our freedom and we expect our freedom. Uh, Having said that, I think... uh, Rather than having, uh, an, uh, you know, whether however many government uh, officials or super spy shadow uh, infringing on your privacy, I think now we as citizens should probably be a little bit more vigilant when we are on social media. And if we see anything, you know, it's not like you're whistleblowing at everything, but if there's something that in your your gut instinct is, hey, this doesn't seem or sound right, then forward that to to whoever it is that's in charge and just say, hey, thought you might want to know this. I find it interesting that a lot of us feel really, really protective over our social media. However, when we go through a security check at the airport, they are going through our most intimate of items. All of our underwear, everything we're taking that's in that closed suitcase, they're Mm -hmm. now on the Mm -hmm. computer even, if you're bringing a laptop through, they're able to look at anything they want to look at. And we say nothing because... We want to get to where we're going. And so you guys can go ahead and look at whatever you want to look at. Why is it such a different mentality traveling as opposed to sitting in front of your laptop at home? I think for traveling, it's we're just always been used to that. Since I was a kid, they've been able to look through my bag, and that's fine. But with the Internet, you know, the first few years of the Internet was the wild, wild west. Still is. Anything went. There were no rules at all. And now as rules start to be implemented, people, you know, bristle against that sort of thing. Yeah. Just like, you know— my dad drove many years without having to wear a seatbelt, and he still does not like putting on a seatbelt. He will, but he doesn't like it because he was used to not driving with one, and I was grew up using one, so I don't mind. But it's also like when I understand why people would need to look through a suitcase because you can smuggle really harmful things onto an airplane that way. But you way. can also plan meetings online. Yeah, but I just, that doesn't equate to me. Like if I were to go to the border and they wanted to look in my phone or check my social media, there's nothing to me that in that moment is harmful on those things. And so I have a harder time with that. And I understand, I totally understand that argument, but I think it, I think that's where the difference maybe lies for people and why it's more uncomfortable to not just open people up to your physical items, but your conversations that you're having, those intimate details in your life. You know what? I, I was reading an article, and I'm not sure like whether or not this was an actual thing, but a guy who wrote the article last night, I'm reading it, claimed to be an ex-terrorist, and he he was part of the recruitment branch, and he told in this article exactly how they do it. And they do it online. They'll look at somebody's profile on Facebook and they'll see whether this person is single. They target specific Mm -hmm. people like young men 
early 20s, no family, right? And and that's how, and maybe they work in menial labor jobs and they feel, you know, minimalized by society or whatever the case. And that's how they get them. It's not necessarily a religious thing. And it's, that's how they do it right there. They can see your face and they can see everything about you. And they'll just reach out to you with a message, a random message. And that's how it starts. That's what he said. And maybe if, you know, you can look at certain passwords on social media, that kind of thing can be policed and stopped. I'm not saying I advocate it. I'm suggesting that it's a possible tool to use in the fight against terrorism. And it may change the way we communicate and how we communicate. Yep. A little more careful, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking code. The Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB.